adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario. Ci vediamo stasera, se ti va, alle nove d'accordo, è un pezzo che aspetto, la serata finisce qua, un minuto poi vado via, la tua voce mi chiami, che si fa? C'è un bel film da vedere, andiamo a ballare, ma perché me lo chiedi se decidi tu, tanto so come finirà. Un giocattolo e tu cosa vuoi, che si prende e poi si butta via, che puoi farci tutto quel che vuoi, tutto quello che ti va. Welcome to Rated This Way, a culture podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Serie A and European soccer. My name, of course, is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paolo Nobeloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. We have Mr. Chris Paselli. Hello, everybody. And we have Julian Paju D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? Julian, we need to get you a new nickname. You don't like that one anymore? It's Papu's gone. It's outdated. Yeah, but the curse <laughs> Papu lives on. Atalanta still didn't make it out of their Champions League group. That is they haven't true. Haven't won a trophy with Gasparini. Yeah, it's the the curse of Paju at this point now. <laughs> Do you like Paju? I don't mind it. I don't know. You can think if you think of a new one, we can. Yeah, we'll just organically. Out. We'll try some tonight. We'll we'll, we'll try to. Yeah, come up with some, again, organically and see what, what works and what doesn't work. Um, okay, bucko. Okay. <laughs> no, bucko. Nah, Buckle up, buckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you think of the song? This, the song? This yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, why, so this is by who? Mara? Mara Kubedu. Yeah. yeah. So she's Calabrese? Uh... <laughs> I'm assuming... <laughs> Sardinian. Ubredu? Yeah, if it ends with a U, Sardinian, most likely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the song. I like the refrain because uh, the reason why I picked it is because a lot of teams got like used like a ragdoll. <laughs> get to those. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, any other orders of business off the top? Oh, I can't think of any. I'm submitting a bid to UEFA to use for the draw system that they use for next year's Champions League draw. <laughs> like you want Cost. us to do it? No, like I'm putting together a, an algorithm and a formula. Yeah, because they had issues today. Or, exactly. Yeah, with their yeah. Uh, their draw. Oh, for yes. for a new for a new external service provider? Yes. Yeah. It's just or... called Chris. C R Y S. Chris Consulting. <laughs> Or should we put together a, a consortium to buy one of the uh, failing clubs in Italy? See, I don't have I don't have the money for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I do either. They would go from bankrupt to even more bankrupt. Is that possible? <laughs> Listen, we could do everything in house. We don't need any like external consultants. But for like to own a team, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we, but we already but have. We our still manager. need to pay the people. We still need to pay players. Are we gonna play? <laughs> I mean, we'll save on on salaries and that. It'll get it. <laughs> uh, 
That's an idea. Listen, we have a combined four torn ACLs. (laughs) And I have two of them. (laughs) Might not be our best idea. Yeah. Uh, Let's stick stick with finding a new name for Julian. Yeah. Go from there. If we can successfully find one by the end of the night, yeah, we'll think about, you yeah. know, buying, buying uh, yeah, buying, buying Messina. Yeah. God. God do. Bed do. What is it? Kubedu? Kubedu. Yeah, that sounds, I understand what you mean, but it, it does sound, you know, like the double D? That's like Gadina. How they say chicken. Gadina. <laughs> and chamomile, they say, Gagomito. It's insane. I need some Calibre's followers to confirm <laughs> all, all of that, but God. Uh, maybe we'll ask for, uh, Frances- Francesco Calcio there on, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. See if he wants to make us some Gagomito. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on here. Let's uh, get into the week that was. Um, so we, yeah, so we, yeah, we've got a little bit of a pack schedule. So we'll get through that. We're going to get through, of course, uh, the European situation, you know, the, the review, kind of what happened and, and where everyone stands, all these teams and what's happening with uh, their exploits in Europe. Uh, we have a, a great uh, who am I question again. So we'll get into that as well. And, uh, and then after that, we'll, we'll end with a city of B minutes. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's dig in then. So. We had Syria on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Busy week. Busy week, indeed. Uh, so it started on Friday. Obviously, the uh, the game was Genoa and Sampdoria. Uh, and that game actually ended 3-1 for Sampdoria. So Gabidi scores seven minutes in. Caputo scores 49 minutes in. Um, there's an own goal in the 67th, Van Heusden, and then Destro in the 78th. Um, makes it to 3-1, and that's the final score. Not uh, Zinho. Destino? Zinho. Ben oh. Uzen. He's on my own fermenter. <laughs> I thought R- Ronald Dest- Desto. Ronald Destino. Desto. De- De- Destro. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Destrino? You know, that was um, Shishengo's first goal as manager as Jeno. Yeah. Destro? Yeah. Jeez. Destro's on seven goals now so far this yeah, year. Yeah, like we, we had uh, our Twitter account had something lined up, but uh, <laughs> Destro Des- Des- scored a goal, so I couldn't use it anymore. Ah, I see. I see. You yeah. ruined your you ruined yeah. your copy there. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> no, but we'll we'll talk about Genoa and Sampdoria later. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. We're moving on here. Then uh, the, the Saturday's games started with Fiorentina, Salernitana. Uh, and Fiorentina uh, ended this in a route, a four nothing route. Uh, Bonaventura scores thirty one minutes in. Um, a Vlaovic brace, fifty first minute and eighty fourth minute, uh, were sandwiched um, and closed off here with a, a Male in the ninetieth minute. Uh, and again, that ends four nothing. Uh, moving on here, we had Venezia hosting Juventus. So. Uh... <sighs> Let's see here. Dabala got injured within the first almost uh, immediately. Yeah, almost immediately. Uh, and he came off for Caio Giorgio, who had uh, Juventus' first uh, first chance from a corner. Uh, and then the first half was pretty much all Juventus. So Pellegrini uh, sent in Morata uh, from the left side, but Romero denied his near post chance. And then 
Pellegrini and Morata teamed up again. Uh, similar to Morata's goal against Salernitana, it was a cross from the left uh, delivered by Pellegrini. And uh, Morata kind of f- flicked it in uh, at the near post. Uh, Juventus could have went up to or should have went up to nothing, uh, but as Quadrado was sent in, in on goal from a counterattack and then pulled his shot wide of the far post. So in the second half, Venezia piled on the pressure from chances from outside the box. Uh, Buzio had his shot uh, saved by Wojciech Sosejny. And then uh, about 10 minutes later, Adamu sent, uh, sent in an initial cross, uh, was left unmarked, drifted into the middle of the field, and picked up a broken play, and then shot took a shot from 20 yards out and was able to beat Wojciech Sosejny. Uh, from that uh, from that distance, so it ended up being one one, uh, and then Juventus had nothing going forward. Their best chance in the second half was uh, a Bernardeschi shot, which was a great save from uh, Romero. So the points that I wanted to get to in this game was uh, about twelve minutes left in the game plus stoppage time. Uh, Instead of, I guess, because he had no one else on the bench, but at least you brought up your youth players, might as well use them. Mm-hmm. Instead, he puts on Alexandro for Pellegrini, who was having a good game, and Alexandro did absolutely nothing when he came on the field, and then took off Benardeschi, who did have Juventus' best chance of the second half, regardless if he was risking the play or not, for Bentancourt. Yeah. So. Those subs do not inspire a does not inspire a team to go forward and to try to beat a team who is also battling out for points to survive this season. Okay, so again, all to sum up, it was an important point for both teams to survive relegation. Okay, <laughs> let's, let, let, because that's that's the that's the idea that I got from those substitutions. Okay, uh, and then another, and then you could already tell because after the game, there was uh, people were mostly Inter fans, which uh, they're starting to rise up in my book for uh, best Twitter. Um, they're already piling on the excuses, like the excuses were already like kind of set uh, before the game even started. I think it was the pre um, pre match press conference where Allegri was quoted, and there's a video of it where he talked about. Um, the particular travel methods to get to the Stadio Penso, uh, which is Atalanta, uh, excuse me, Venezia's home stadium. You have to take a boat to get to the stadium. And he was complaining that, oh, it's a particular uh, travel method. No one's used to it, et cetera, et cetera. And again, Wait, they, they didn't take the J-boat? No, they didn't, <laughs> take, they didn't take the J-boat, no. No, so again, it, it was... It was a a disappointing draw. Uh, you can tell that Juventus desperately needs good players to come in in January if they even have a shot uh, to climb up the table to uh, to the Champions League positions. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we didn't realize, Michael, that it was going to be this this bad. I don't think anyone has realized it. Uh, but honestly. Uh, I'm not. I'm not kidding when I say it was an important point for survival because, uh, just it, nothing has changed. Even with Allegri coming in, mm-hmm. it has actually gotten worse. If if you can believe that, you know, I think I read a stat that 
uh, Allegri's points totals after 17 games is the worst in Juventus history? Uh, I think it's... Since the three-point games. Yeah, and I think it's something in the 90s, and isn't it like similar to when... Uh... Yeah, so there's this coach in the 90s, this often quoted season, uh, I think it was Gigi Manfredi, uh, who led to one of Juventus' worst uh, seasons before, uh, I think it was Chiro Ferrara, uh, before that season. Uh, but it, Michael, uh, I read a stat that it's actually worse than that start of the season. Than that, yeah. than that particular season. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, we don't have to keep talking about this. They're they're in a dire situation. I saw. Remember, uh, Venezia. I shared the tweet with you guys. They tweeted after like a AP, you know, Associated Press, whatever tweeted. Uh, Juve Venezia tie one one. Their woes continue, or something like that. Some some similar to that. And then Venezia quote tweeted that and said, "Oh, it's apparently you know, <laughs> it's uh, distressful when you come and play yeah, here or something shots like that." Shots fired right? there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because of of the the quotes that that Allegri made prior to the game. It's yeah, referencing the fact that they had to use a boat to get to the stadium. It's funny since it's not even a good excuse because Inter literally played there. What two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Now we got to hear about Inter. Okay, go ahead, Julius. Oh, no, but he's right, though. Julius I'm just right. saying, Inter literally played there two, three weeks ago. One, two, nothing. But, but get, uh, before we get to Chris, give give Venezia credit. They did steal uh, points off of Bologna, Juventus, uh, Fiorentina. I think I'm missing one other team. I think, believe, Roma. Yeah, all I was going to add, uh, I can't remember Zanetti's first name now. Help me out. Paulo. Uh, Paulo. Yeah, oh, there we go. He's <laughs> Paulo Zanetti. I, I don't know what tactical change he made but obviously there 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 was, there was something he did tactically um i don't think his subs per se changed the game big time but that last 30 minutes there was a, a big big change in where in the way the, the flow of the game was going so credit to him for making whatever change it was he made it for me it was a subtle change i still couldn't really identify it but clearly it worked and i, I think uh, yeah he has to be given some credit for that as well well, if you look at the chances that, that they created, there were, none of them were inside the box. Is because you, Juventus midfield gave them so much room mm-hmm. that they just started taking their chances from outside the box, and it worked. Uh, it, 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 what do you, again, when you have when you have a midfield with Adrian Rabiot in there, I mean, no, might yeah. as well take your chances. And and realistically, again, with their with the squad that Juve have, it's it's there for the taking. With any team that wants to press Juventus will score on them. It's there's no stopping, you know, like they, they don't have uh, any sort of structural kind of uh, defense when you're pressing them. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they, they just need to like withstand it. And then if they do, okay, great. They can take possession and, and they work okay with possession of the ball. But if you're attacking them, they don't really have the wherewithal to defend it properly. I don't know if it starts in midfield or not, but I mean, the, the defense is, you know, they're usually just a back three, so they're only three people, right? They can't really defend against a whole team if the rest of the, the you know, midfield, et cetera, uh, don't know how to play the game. And, and for me, like, that comes down to having slow defend, like, well, Benucci. I'll just, I'll just come out and say it. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating that he still plays game in, game out, <laughs> and then yet because of a good tournament, he's hailed as like the 13th best player in Europe. Well, that's what I was gonna say. He is. He is the 
player in world football. So that's, uh, you know, you got to give him that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think again we should move on because it's not uh, it's not it's worth it's like it's beating a dead it. horse. It's not worth it exactly to continue yeah. to talk about it, but uh, yeah, it's just their their woes continue, um, and yeah, this the reality is that they you know realistically they were trying to they they can't compete for uh, the Scudetto this year. They're not going to reach that goal, but can they? either keep five or six position and, and try and challenge for fourth and like results like this don't help, but results from possibly the top four, if this continues for a certain team might help that, but again, might not help Juventus might help a Fiorentina or Roma if they're, you know, able to kind of maintain their pace. So mm-hmm. again, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little, little bit. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on here to Udinese and Milan. So this game, uh, just a few things to note. So uh, I believe this was the first game in charge for uh, caretaker manager Gabriele Cioffi, uh, who was replacing the sacked Luca Gotti. And then uh, just of note, and I, I, I didn't know this prior to the game, but uh, Luca Gotti initially was you know a caretaker manager or interim manager, whichever tag you want to give him. And then he was, of course, given the permanent tag. Uh, so obviously, you know, Gabriele Cioffi, I'm sure he's, after that permanent tag as well. So first game was against Milan and uh, not the strongest starting 11 for Milan. As we know, Kiair's out for a while, still no Calabria uh, in midfield. It was actually Bakayoko and Benasser. Uh, I don't think they've started a game at all this year. The two of them together, uh, Krunic at wing and then Salamakers, Diaz and Ibra. Uh, I do also want to point out Beto, who I think he's starting to get, attention not just across Serie A but also across Europe and so just getting into the game it was very clear from the get-go that Udinese were going to play on the counter-attack uh, they they sat deep they gave Milan possession but they do they do have two quick exciting players up top in Beto who I already mentioned and then De La Feo and that was pretty much the story of the first half it was uh, you know again Udinese sitting in hitting on the counter and Milan really had no answer for how to break them down. And part of that came down to Milan relying on a long ball into, into, excuse me, Ibrahimovic, but uh, Bacal and Nointik specifically were able to deal with Ibra's physicality. So there really wasn't much happening for uh, Milan. Uh, the first goal though, did come off, as I mentioned, a counterattack. Benesser, who, in my opinion now, is Milan's fourth best center midfielder, uh, Tonali, Kessi, Bakayoko, and then him. Uh, cheap giveaway in Milan's half, and then Beto um, finishes off the counterattack. That makes it 1-0. Um, to be completely honest, there were a couple of decent chances the rest of the game, but it really wasn't the most exciting game to watch. Again, it was counterattack from Udinese, and then some long balls into Ibra. Uh, speaking of Ibra, though, um, he was relentless all game, and he ends up getting the match, uh, tying the match, excuse me, in the 92nd minute. Uh, Castilejo, of all people, which which goes to show you how depleted Milan is, uh, whips a ball in. Uh, Ibrahimovic kind of nudges take off the ball, I believe, and volleys it in. Um, and then 95th minute, Isaac's success did get a red card, but the game was more or less done at that point. So, um a good comeback, I guess, for Milan, and I, I think a good point uh, for Trophy to start off his uh, Udinese managerial career. And I, I don't think Milan deserved anything from this game. I thought uh, I watched the whole game as well, and I thought I was lucky. I thought the 
it was a poor clearance, I believe, from Molina that allowed Ibrahimovic to get uh, his chance off. Uh, just a, a quick side note, uh, there was a comment, uh, I read a quote from Adriano Galliani, who's now at Monza, and he, he said that he was watching the game with uh, with Berlusconi, and, and they, they celebrated like madmen, that was the quote, when, when Ibrahimovic scored, so... Uh, you can leave. You can you can sell the club, but there's still Milan. So, so that's uh, just one point that out. But yeah, like I said, I don't think Milan deserved anything from this game. Uh, there's only one team in Italy that is uh, surviving their injury crisis, and that's Inter. Uh, and and after after watching this game, I said to myself, "Fuck, I think Inter's going to win again." We'll we'll see. Hopefully, I put the reverse <laughs> jinx. But yeah, uh, the, the Inter's going to win the season. Yeah, all I'll add to, uh, I mean, again, I think kudos to Chofi and Udinese. They, they did what they had to do. I agree. I think Udinese deserved to come away with three points. Milan really didn't have much going. Um, I, and I think what this game also showed was how how badly they need Rebic and Leal back because I think both of them on left or right wing, it doesn't really matter to me. I just think having their pace and their trickery and their ability to beat guys 1v1 I think it helps Ibra much more because it pulls those fullbacks and those outside mids into those wider areas to defend Rebic and Leao, and it gives him a bit more space and Enjidu in those central areas. Whereas if right now with Krunic and you know Salamakers, uh, fullbacks and outside midfielders don't really feel threatened by them, and they can stay a bit more compact uh, and and make the middle of the pitch uh, difficult to play through, more difficult to play through. So uh, I think Pioli needs to make some adjustments until those players come back. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move on here and let's get into Sunday's matches. So that was it for the first two days here. We had uh, early on, we had Torino uh, and Bologna. Sanabria uh, scores 24 minutes in and then an own goal by Sum- Sumaro. Sumaro? Yeah, Sumaro. Uh, makes it 2-0 for Torino and then Orsolini PK in the 79th. Um, gets one back for Bologna, but it's not enough. It ends 2-1 Torino. Uh, next up, we had uh, Verona hosting Atlanta, and Verona actually get a, a earlyish goal, 22 minutes in from Simeone, um, before Moranchuk scores 37 minutes in, and then uh, Coop Miners scores in the 62nd to steal the points for Atlanta. It ends 2-1, and uh, they maintain their great pace of uh, games on the hop undefeated here. So uh, they, again, get all three points there. Moving on to Napoli and Empoli. That, so yeah, who has that, Julian? Yeah, I have that one. It's a um, bit of a well, yeah, a little bit of a surprise. Empoli have been playing very good uh, soccer, but Napoli will feel a little hard done by this one. Um, now, of course, we know their injuries. Elmas actually hits the crossbar early on. Uh, nice little kind of tried to chip the keeper from twenty twenty five yards out. Fortunately, went off the crossbar. Um, but Napoli kind of kept the pressure up, forced Vicadio into a few good saves, um, but just weren't able to find that decisive goal. 70th minute off the corner, honestly one of the funniest goals I've ever seen. If you haven't watched it yet, please go watch it. Um, ball gets swung in. I think it's Angisa who actually gets up and wins the header, but it bounces off the back of Putrone's head, who jumped up to try and win the header as well and does it. <laughs> Um, so one nothing Empoli at that point. 
then I think it was Patania shortly thereafter turned and hit a nice shot, uh, but bounced off the post, unfortunately. Um, and it ends 1-0. So Napoli were probably a little bit hard done on this one. They had a crossbar or post um, and a fluke, fluke goal going against them. But, hey, that's how it goes. Yeah, the, I, I saw that. I saw the replay, and then I watched the last 15 minutes, and then Napoli were probably on the pressure, and then Elmas got hurt as well. He, he had to come off injured. Um, I think he hurt his knee because he uh, went to try to win the ball in in Empley's box, and then uh, his I don't follow through hit one of the Empley defenders in the foot. So again, Julian, I think we all have done that uh, in our playing career. Oh yeah, and uh, most likely definitely sends shockwaves up his knee. So I think uh, well, we won't see him for a couple of weeks. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I I thought I thought definitely uh, did well to survive and to gain the three points as we're talking. Uh, you know, as we're as we're talking about for the past three weeks. I think we we covered Empley for the past three weeks as an acknowledgement to how good they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think this is a continuation of their good play. And the fact that they go in, that they, they can go into the Stadio Maradona and come out with three points is just an acknowledgement of how, so how, what they're more than halfway now from collecting that 40 points to stay up in Syria. Yeah. They have 26 points here. So they've in the last five, they've won 10 of 15 points. Um, and meanwhile, Napoli, on the other hand, have four of 15 points. Haven't Empoli crawled into like seventh or eighth right now? Yeah, Empoli are they're, eighth. They're in eighth, yeah. Good for them. Yeah, seriously. I mean, they just came up, right? So it's, uh, it's you know, it just goes to show when you put in that work, right, what you can uh, accomplish in the city act, you know, uh, unless you're Salernitana. <laughs> yeah, but what what I what I also enjoy about the fact is you know kind of a feel good stories you have Pinamonte, Cutrone, Di Francesco, all I wouldn't say call them Syria rejects per se, but they're players that have had a hard time finding playing time anywhere else in Syria, and they come to a newly promoted team, mm-hmm. and they're all contributing effectively for this team. Yeah, it's true. And and then uh, complement that with uh, Empoli's youth squad. Again, we're talking about uh, that uh, center back Viti, who also had to come in uh, because Luperto picked up an injury. Nineteen uh, year old playing in Syria, and then you have Simone Ricci, which again, uh, one of their best players in midfield. Even and- uh, Henderson, he's been like I know he he was supposed to be good. I think he first. Uh, transferred to Verona, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then he was just like never playing and thrown down to Serie B. But he's been like, whenever I kind of watch their games, he seems to be quite a good player for them. Yeah, he's uh, he's a he's their metronome. Uh, he's always on the ball, uh, looking to to create plays. And uh, I always thought he was a good player when I did watch him at Verona, and was even better in the season with Empoli when they were in Serie A. But yeah, when when they went down to Serie B, uh, he became one of their best players. And uh, just to piggyback off that, Paul, like with the with the players you mentioned that you know are are, are quote unquote you know Serie rejects their manager last season, Alessio Dionisi leaves right to go to mm-hmm. Sassuolo, and then Andrea Zoli comes in to mm-hmm. kind of pick up the pieces. So uh, I think 
uh, credit needs to be given to him as well for for doing as well as they are this early into the season. Anyway, and 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 to that that point there, Chris, uh, he should not have been sacked the first season that they were up. I think it was two years ago. Now he started that season with Empley, and they were doing half decent. I remember, and he was sacked, and then he came in and then almost got real. Uh, got survival on the last five days mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, that was the one against uh, against Inter. Yeah. Last match day, where that was a fluke that somehow Inter won that game. Exactly. So I, I think it's um, redemption for him. I, I honestly, I hope they do uh, stay in Serie I thought uh, they, at this point, they're, what, three quarters of the way now, almost? Almost halfway there. Yeah, almost half half right. Yeah. It's eight almost eighteen games, seventeen games now. So what's uh it's a thirty eight game schedule? Yes. Right? So that's nineteen. Nineteen would be halfway. Yeah, but I'm talking about the, and, and for their point total. They're what? They're fifty well, yeah. points. Well they're at twenty six. Exactly. So yeah. let's if it's yeah, if they need to get to forty, you know, they're only fourteen points out. I, I mean at, at this point they could be challenging for Europe, but I don't want to get ahead of myself, but with with the form that they're on, they could finish with 50 points at the, by the end of the season. Yeah, it truly would be incredible. But that that would require, you know, a team. I mean, it's possible, but it, it would require Juventus to continue their poor form, I think, to really not uh, take their, um, I guess, their opportunities. And Fiorentina as well, who we know are having a very strong season. So it, it would it's three teams that they have to leapfrog to get to there but hey it's and i mean lazio is also in that mix right so it's it would be i'm not saying no but i I think it's still a long shot okay uh, on that segue let's uh let's get to that game and then we'll we'll discuss this after the roundup yeah for sure so uh again then that that next game was sassuolo lazio so this uh, game actually started really well for lazio uh zikani scores his first goal for lazio six minutes in uh and in the first half honestly was uh Sassuolo had a couple of great chances, but Strakosha just had, uh, you know, the answer. And uh, it, it goes into the half, one nothing for Lazio. And, uh, you know, Lazio looked like they're going to kind of hold on uh, until 63 minutes in. Berardi scores. Uh, he kind of walks into the middle of the pitch uh, and is able to kind of hide a shot. And it just, uh, it, it goes kind of clear in the far corner. Uh, he ties it 1-1. And then... Uh, Five minutes later, maybe six minutes later, um, Berardi does it again. And uh, instead of taking the shot, Raspadori is also there. And he kind of just takes that shot instead. Uh, and they score 2-1. So 69 minutes in, Sassuolo overturned the result. Um, and uh, a little later on, uh, Ian uh, is given a red card for uh, a challenge. Uh, for I think it was a last man challenge, I guess, just outside the box. Uh, and it was a bit Besic, Basic. Um, takes the free kick and Lazio almost equalized. It hits the, uh, the upright goes down, but literally by inches, uh, it, it could have gone in, but instead it just goes, uh, the, I guess inside of the pitch. So it, it just doesn't go in the net. It's the ball kind of goes <laughs> right down, but it, it, on the wrong side of the line. And, uh, Lazio, unfortunately, uh, do not get a goal there. And it ends two one for Sassuolo. So, I mean, like I said, the only team that has been surviving their their injury crisis has been Inter. Lazio are have been struggling with uh, attempted rotation. Uh, it's not like Sari can 
can keep the same starting 11 like he did at Napoli and constantly play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's forced into rotations because Felipe Anderson has not played a full season since the last time he left Lazio. Right. <laughs> uh, Chiro Mobile has to be managed because of uh, of his injury um, problems that he has. Uh, the only player that that has able to step in has been able to step in was the aforementioned Basic. Other than that, there is no players that Lazio has on their bench that can step in into the starting eleven without a severe dip in quality. The players that we have seen, like uh, Patrick uh, uh, Akpa Akpro. Uh, Murishi. Me- uh, I mean, Basic is is okay, but but that's what I mean. Uh, other than yeah. Basic, uh, the other players that have been coming off the bench have been horrendous. Yeah, I mean, Murishi almost uh, like he was the striker on there, so he was the one who almost got a penalty. It was uh, he got the red card, I guess, for which uh, I saw again. I didn't think that was a. I think mainly just because he was like last back. Is that why card. it looked like he got the ball? In my opinion, yeah. And it, yeah, in any case, again, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's still no story to to Napoli. Honestly, they've same thing. They've in the last five games, they've gotten four points, which is uh, horrendous, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a struggle for Lazio. Hopefully, they they can uh, kind of pick it up. Uh, obviously, in the second half here, but because obviously, you know, we talked about Sari going in there and you know the promise of that, but it, he hasn't really been able to. Um, get anything from this team, you know, on top of just kind of mediocrity. And he said too, he said, don't be confused that this isn't, we're not like, this isn't a, a, you know, a very strong team. It's not a very super competitive team. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but uh, he said like, this is, you know, still a a a building team, you know, they're still being built at this point. So everything that they do, they're kind of learning. Right. But it's, uh, I guess, sometimes you got to lose to to learn, which is true. Okay, so to that point, Chris, maybe you could read into this because since you're a manager, um, there was I read today that their training session was canceled, and that the team they had a meeting with just Sari and the squad without Lotito uh, for an hour and a half. So you can read whatever you want into that. But to me, that spells uh, crisis. That spells that uh, that uh, potentially the team is losing losing faith in the manager, and it's a you know a, a crisis meeting to figure out what's going on. Uh, but what what I find interesting is that it wasn't Lotito, so it, it, I, I don't know if the players are struggling with Sari's tactics. Chris, I don't know. What, what do you what do you think? So just to clarify, you said there was a meeting without Sari and Lotito? No, with Sari and the squad, without Lotito. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was with Sari, I, I don't think it would be about the players losing faith in him. I, I thought you initially said the meeting was with Lotito and without Sari. And at that point, I would say, yes, then obviously there's something going on there. The players want to talk directly with ownership and not to the manager. But I think if they're having this meeting just with the manager, you know, no no ownership there. Maybe it's just one of those, it, it could be one of a few things, but it's a heart-to-heart and you just kind of really talk about what's not working or he's giving them uh, what's 
I think it's cliche now, but the hair dryer treatment, you know, to say, get your shit together. Uh, we saw half the season ago because they're nine points back, I believe right now of, of top four and they're not playing good stuff. They, didn't play the best match against Galatasaray midweek, so things aren't looking good for Lazio right now. So, yeah, that, that meeting is probably what Sadi is hoping turns the season around for the better. Yeah, worse. They're 11 points back. <laughs> 11 points of back from fourth? Yeah. Holy oh, shit. Yeah, so, yeah, they, <laughs> they, they need a lot of help to get even, even close to that. Yeah. All right, so their next game is against Genoa. Well, okay, well, that's not too bad. As yeah, it's almost a must-win game for them. Yeah. I mean, Geno has been utterly atrocious, though we'll get into in, into the who am I part. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean that, that that's a game where you can, you know, turn around uh, the poor form that you've been going through and, and hopefully uh, they get uh, some reinforcements in January instead of bringing on Patrick or Akpa Akpro off the bench. Now, given uh, this meeting, et cetera, do we have a potential hot seat? I don't think so uh, because there's, there was talk already about extending Sari's contract. I know in Italy they have a habit of doing stupid things early on <laughs> in a manager's <laughs> tenure, but the thing, who else, who else would they were? You know, replace him with. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't extend him yet, but I also think it's still way too early to think about sacking him because it's it's not even a half a season with a squad that is not fully. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. not his squad. It was built for Inzaghi. It was, but I but mean, he, he needs time. But even yeah, especially built for Inzaghi, completely different style of play as well. Uh, built for a three-man defense with with wing backs, um, but here it's a, a squad that is not able to hold possession as well, uh, and that is incapable and gives up the ball easily on a, on a counterattack because they don't have defenders that are mobile enough, like uh, Napoli did during his time. So again, I think they have to give him the January transfer window. And then if uh, they don't reach at least top six, then there's a, uh, there's a discussion about whether or not you should sack him. I just, I, I, you know, like the meme, like let, let him cook. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let's sorry cook. And then like the cooking, it's an ashtray. (laughs) (laughs) Tweet that ball. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, I just thought of that while you were talking, so I, I started to laugh while you were talking. My fault. That. No, that's okay. <laughs> it, it uh, added good content to the, to the episode. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's okay. Good. Great. Uh, okay, let's... Uh, can we move on here then, again, say what was Napoli? Or what was Lazio? Yeah, fair? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. moving on. Uh, Inter Milan... Uh, are hosting Cagliari, uh, and they come away with a 4 nothing victory. So they actually had some really nice uh, goals in this game. Um, the first goal uh, was actually Latauro Martinez, 29 minutes in. He makes a one nothing, uh, And then our goal of the match day was uh, the next goal for Alexis Sanchez. And here is that goal. 
centre back in the first half. It seems to be Bastoni this time. Barella and Alexis Sanchez with an absolute stunner. Yeah, it wasn't much. Uh, it was <laughs> yeah, just, just to explain it. Bastoni on the right wing kind of hits it up to uh, Brella, who is uh, facing the bylines here, and he kind of does a looping, um, I guess, cross backwards uh, to the center of the pitch, where uh, Sanchez is able to volley it uh, first time on into the net. So it was uh, again a very nice team play, but again the the assist as much as the volley were were. Uh, the re- reason enough to make this the goal of the match day. Uh, after that, uh, so that was in the 50th minute, so in the second half here already, and uh, Chalanolu also has a, uh, a I guess I, I'll say a potential, another potential goal of the match day, but uh, I was outvoted. Um, and he, again, has the space, kind of walks into the middle of the pitch and uh, scores an, uh, a nice goal. Um, into the top right corner, three nothing at that point, and Lataro scores uh, in the 68th. He's in all alone, and uh, finally makes it four nothing for Inter Milan. And with that win, Inter take top of the table. They're at uh, 40 points now after 17 uh, games played. So they're um, safe from relegation, is what you're saying. They are currently <laughs> the furthest from relegation that they could be. <laughs> they're winter first. champions. <laughs> hey, potential. It is winter. Well, not yet. Yeah, That's after two more game. games. Yeah. I know. I know. Two great games. Um, okay, let's just uh, round out here before we kind of mention the rest of the table here. But Roma uh, hosted Spezia on Monday, and that was the final uh, game of the the match day here. Uh, and they won two nothing. Smalling scores six minutes in. Ibania scores in the fifty sixth, and uh, Afinagian gets a second yellow card in the ninetieth plus. Uh, and uh, gets a red card, so he's suspended, but, uh, which did not please Mourinho. But uh, in any case, it uh, ends 2 nothing for Roma, so a positive result for them. Uh, vaults them into a tie with uh, Juventus for that sixth spot, uh, but they have more wins, so they actually currently hold that spot. So again, just to kind of run, run down the table here, again, Inter is first with 40 points. It's a dead heat here. AC Milan are 39 points, so one point back. Uh, Atalanta are in third with 37 points. uh, And Napoli fall to fourth with their loss, so they're at 36 points. And then after that, Fiorentina with 30 with a win. uh, Roma 28, Juventus 28, Empoli 26, Lazio 25. And that's the really the kind of top of that table there. Uh, And at the bottom... Again, another loss for Salernitana. It does not look good for them. Um, they are on eight points. Kelleri with a loss. So they were, I think they had a run of like four games in a row. Maybe they they were unbeaten, Kelleri. Yeah, uh, for draws. I think draws, also, yeah. yeah. But uh, so they get another loss there. So they're on 10 points still. And Genoa also get another loss. Also very poor uh, form recently. And uh, yeah, it uh, does not look good for any of those teams. Spezia also on notice. Lost well, but uh, they're on 12 points, so not far out of that last spot. Uh, other notes here. Uh, Vlaovic scored again. Again, he had a brace, so he retakes the lead in the capo race with 15 goals. Um, yeah, Simeone also scored, so he is uh, three back now. He's in, he's in third place behind Immobile as well. 
who has 13 goals this season so far. And Lataro is putting together uh, a similarly prolific campaign as well. He's got 10 already this year. That's with with the several rabbit. missed PKs. With, oh my God, oh, we didn't mention. <laughs> yeah. What a jabroni that guy is. <laughs> I just sold like him to Barca. Uh, I I mean, right now, that Lukaku deal is looking like the better piece of business, but... That's because he went back to Chelsea. Chelsea? Yes, but they got the same amount of money, basically, and he's not doing well whatsoever. Um, yeah, Lukaku would have done better at Inter. Would he not? He, he would be... He'd have more goals than Vlaovic. Uh, maybe. No, I, yeah. I don't know if that's true. Uh, honestly, I think it's, I think it's his diet again. <laughs> Bangers and mash. Yeah, <laughs> it's that UK cuisine that's getting to him. <laughs> Gruel. <laughs> I also just wanted to mention for Chris that uh, Hakan Chalanoglu was voted as uh, November oh, Serie A player. I saw of the month. that. <laughs> <laughs> Threw my phone against the wall. Uh, it's one the re- honestly, one of the reasons why Inter Twitter is becoming is, is moving up the uh, the charts for, for best <laughs> best cultural Twitter. But they've been they've always been good. They you know since banter era they've been kind of top top I guess for literally banter right. Yeah, it's... yeah, top two. I think Rome is Roma Twitter is still number one just for yeah Violi Nation etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But like, but but it, but yeah. in terms of pure cultural content, I think Inter Inter is uh, is number two. We're yeah, number, number two. two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great. But I, I want to go back to the discussion about injuries. Uh, for me, like I said, Inter's first place and has been, I got what, undefeated in how many games, Julian? Uh, I mean, the only league game they've lost this year is the Lazio. Okay. Uh, and they they've had you know series of important injuries. Darmian going down. Uh, what what they started. Sanchez uh, in this game, right? Uh, Zeko's had a bunch of concussions or like knocks to the head. Uh, <laughs> so I think that they're the only team that's been managing their injury crisis uh, on a competent level. Uh, Napoli, Juventus, Milan, all teams that drop points this weekend. All teams that have like a severe injury crisis as well. I mean, Napoli, uh, Napoli's missing uh, Osimhen, awesome. yeah. Bali, just the name. Their two best players, obviously. Uh, Elmas just came off the field. Another reason, uh, who's and he's been playing well. Zelinski had to come off the field because of respiratory problems in that game. I thought that changed the game because Zelinski has been one of Napoli's best midfielders all season. Uh, so that that changed the com- whole complexion of that game. One of the reasons why they probably dropped points. Uh, Na- uh, Milan, Chris just mentioned it in his review, uh, had to start Bakayoko and Benazir. See, <laughs> so, and missing Kyer and Calabria. So and Rebic just, and Leao. And Rebic and Leao. So just the, based on what I just said, there is no shock that enters in first place and most likely will run away with it by. If those teams don't solve their injury crises, crises with uh, reinforcements in January, discuss. I I would just say, I think saying that Inter are the ones who are best managing 
their injury crisis is a fancy way to say they have the most depth. Because like yeah, I, 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 yeah, like I mean, I I don't want to take obviously I'm being a bit a bit dramatic and I don't want to take anything away from Inzaghi because he does have to manage the injuries that that his squad has. But despite the injuries, like you mentioned, Paul, like Alexi Sanchez is your third or fourth striker, however you want to call it. You know, Dumfries is able to come in. I know he had a rough start, but he's growing into it. And uh, you know, DiMarco is playing okay as a left sided center back as well. So. Uh, I, I think it's important to note that Inter have the deepest squad, which a lot, which helps anyways. Obviously, it's never a guarantee that you have the deepest squad and you're still going to perform when guys go out. But I think it's very important to note that they have depth at important positions and that's paving the way for the success they've had in recent weeks. Julian, you want to get in there? Um, no, I mean, it's funny. Like, I mean, we'll get into our Champions League. Stuff. I compared to like when I look at bigger teams, my complaint is that Inter's depth isn't great. But then when you take a look at all the other Serie A teams, I think Chris is spot on. Their depth isn't great, but they still have good players coming off the bench. They're just not world beaters anymore. Right. Well, the best example is Gallardini starting <laughs> against Spezia and still scoring. <laughs> I think that like that like is a perfect example to sum up Inter's situation right now. Yeah, he somehow does it every year though. The one random game he starts, he somehow scores. <laughs> but it's yeah, quality. No, it's called quality, Julian. They've, uh, I mean, they also knock on wood here. They haven't had a lot of the super key players go down. Um, they've been kind of more of their secondary starters. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Sure, but like you know, that still has an effect, right? For sure. Uh, again, <laughs> just another uh, discussion, uh, Michael. Uh, before you can wrap it up, uh, since Marotta left, uh, you know, Inter has been turning the table, uh, signing good players on free transfers as, as well, but actually players that have a purpose in the squad instead of just signing random players because they're on a free transfer and have no uh, merit of being in the squad. And then um, you're able to, to get a coach that fits the system perfectly from a coach that won you your first Scudetto in 10 years. Uh, And then coincidence that Juventus falls off when Marotta leaves. I don't Mm -hmm. think so. No, it's uh, yeah. I think it's it's obvious. Yeah, he, he should be. In, yeah. Keep in mind, his first move when he came to Inter was to get rid of Icardi. Like yeah, that was one yeah. that like literally everybody was like, "Wait a minute, what's going on here?" And guess Fine. who? Guess where Icardi is rumored to go now? Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for, for those who didn't get that reference, it's Juventus. <laughs> yeah. So the per- perfect perfect example sums up the whole situation. The whole. 180 in a mm-hmm. from a player who looks like he's 40 with that picture. That <laughs> so look at that picture. <laughs> we retweeted it's on somewhere on our uh, on our Twitter page. Yeah. Anyways, all that to say, uh, Inter for sure still look like you know the champions at this point, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they're 
you know, they're managing well, but it's, uh, again, it's impressive to me um, more so that, again, they were able to bring in a new manager and still maintain some form and some, you know, semblance of uh, still, they've only got the one loss in City out of the season so far, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's impressive that Zag has been able to do that, uh, just given, you know, all of the difficulties that would come with that. Uh, that being said as well, they also, their schedule, right, like at this point, has been okay recently. Uh, they were really top-heavy, were they not, Julian? Yeah, they were, and they're top-heavy going into the second half of the season as well. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's going to be uh, an interesting, I guess, bump at that point and see how they can maintain, obviously, with, you know, continuing in Europe, et cetera. But uh, uh, if, you know, you were saying before uh, offline, you know, if they can kind of manage that, then it's almost a breeze. They can kind of maintain that. That's why, you know, Milan and Napoli were having such a great early season and Inter was there, but they just weren't, you know, top, top of the table. Now they've made it. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see again how, how they can kind of perform outside of, I guess the next month and a bit, it's going to be difficult, but outside of that, I think it's kind of, it's theirs to lose. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's if, perfect. That's perfect way to end the segment. Mike. Yeah. So why don't we, uh, why don't we end the segment then? And we'll, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, when we get back, we'll get into all the stuff that happened in Europe. We'll get into, um, kind of where all those teams lie and, and kind of what's happening with their, uh, European ambitions going forward this year. Uh, And again, we'll get into, uh, obviously, our Who Am I. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. never seen so many frosted tips in a music video <laughs> oh my god Apple 65 Cosa Restera uh, Paolo why yeah. why this song oh I gotta get some Europop Europop baby brav <laughs> uh, okay let's get into Euro shall we pops indeed okay then let's uh, let's start with clearing up the picture for uh, Champions League here. So obviously we had uh, some games last week and that really defined obviously uh, what was going on in, uh, you know, knockout stages here. So why don't you start with, uh, yeah, UCL. Okay, so the games that were played on Tuesday, December 7th. So Milan lost Liverpool at home 2-1 and then Real Madrid beat Inter Milan uh, 2-0 at the Bernabeu. So that means that Milan finishes last place and out of Europe, and then Real Madrid uh, secures bum, 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 bum. <laughs> secures top spot uh, in their group. Uh, on Wednesday, December eighth, uh, Juventus beat Malmo one nothing, and then surprisingly, I was completely 
laughing at this result because I said on the podcast that Chelsea would have no problem beating set in St. Petersburg, but instead they tied 3-3. So that means Juventus... A nice goal. Nice goal to tie 3-3-2. Oh, that's right, yeah. From uh, Azumin? Azumin? Azumin, thank you. Uh, It was at the end of the game, I think it was. So, uh, because of Juventus win, Juventus' win and Chelsea dropping points, uh, Juventus finished on top of the uh, top of the group, regardless of the fact that they got blown, uh, yeah, blown out. Hilariously. <laughs> yeah, hilariously <laughs> blown out 4 nothing away to Chelsea. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, December 8th, Atlanta were supposed to play uh, Villarreal at, uh, in Bergamo. That got postponed because of a massive uh, snowstorm. So they played on Thursday, December 9th, and they actually conceded three goals and then tried to come back uh, to tie it up, at least at least to tie it up, uh, but failed, and they lost uh, 3-2 at home. And it just reminded me of a situation... <laughs> and it just reminded me of the situation, uh, Michael, that, uh, you know, I get very touchy upon uh, when... Uh, Roberto Mancini's Galatasaray, which included Wesley Snyder, mm-hmm. uh, played Juventus in a in snow in the snow, which got which got called off. Actually, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, that's right. It got called off, but then the actual state of the pitch was, was brutal. Was literally like mud, Shambles. shambolic mud, but yet still played on that field, and obviously it was done on purpose. Okay, both they, teams did both play. teams have to yeah. play on it? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you but, knew what I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so it, it it was kind of a bad omen for that game to be called off, and which they had to replay. Uh, Uvefo actually wanted to play that game at like uh, I think it was ten thirty our time, so like four thirty local time. But uh, I guess both teams convinced them that they wanted to play at 7 p.m. Uh, local time. Listen, UEFA have enough uh, to, to worry about. Don't worry about that. Worry about, um, you know, doing other things right. Yeah, we'll get into that after. Don't so you that... worry about blank. Let me worry about blank. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so because of that, because of that loss, Atlanta finished third in their group. So moving on to... <laughs> so moving on to the Europa League. Curse the so all games were played on Thursday, December 9th. Uh, Napoli uh, beat Leicester City 3-2, which sent Leicester City uh, to the play, I guess, playoffs, conference league playoffs. playoffs, to a competition that uh, Leicester coach, Leicester manager Brendan Rodgers had no idea existed. existed. <laughs> yeah, and we've, we've been calling it on this podcast the greatest competition on earth for various reasons. Because, you know, t- European clubs, well, major European clubs like Roma, Tottenham, etc., uh, have been a half. Uh, we're going to places like Zoria, uh, Norway, uh, to play European um, games. Uh, and uh, there was a hilarious video, Michael, that I think you were uh, actually Julian and Chris, because you're both dog owners, would appreciate it of a dog <laughs> defecating on the field before a game yeah, was so, I saw as, as they're warming up. Saw, right? Yeah, yeah. You, see the, you see the players warming up, and then yeah. So again, greatest competition on earth. Because like, w- would you see that in the Europa League or in the Champions League? I think not. 
Yeah, it's just great PR for for the conference league. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Napoli would actually finish uh, second in that group, which sent them to the playoff round for the Europa League. Uh, and then their arch enemy Spartak Moscow beat Legia Warsaw to finish top of that group, one nothing. So, and then the next team, Italian team in the Europa League is uh, Lazio, and they tied Galatasaray 0-0. They needed to beat Galatasaray, but failed, so they finished second as well in the group. And then as uh, for the aforementioned uh, Conference League, uh, another similar situation to what uh, Juventus went through as well. Uh, Roma needing a result in the other game, so Zoria tied uh, Bodo Glimt, I believe is uh, 1-1, help me correct if I'm wrong. I think that's right. Yeah, I think it was 1-1. Yeah, so it was 1-1, and then uh, Roma uh, squeaked out a, a 3-2 win against uh, CSK uh, Sofia. So they finish top of the group as well. Yeah, they were actually up 3-0, and then uh, uh, yeah, they o- came o- back. O- almost blew the t- Yeah, almost blew yeah. the lead. Yeah. Well, so that's the results. Uh, uh, the what does it all mean, Basil? It- Exactly. What does it all mean? The situation, the situation going into the draw that was uh, that took place on Monday, Michael. Uh, yeah. So again, what does that all mean? So we had a draw on Monday, and that draw resulted in uh, some really great matchups. We had uh, Juventus uh, facing, uh, I think, Sporting Lisbon. Is that, is that who they had? They had, uh, I think, PSG. PSG versus uh, United. Yeah. Oh my God! It was going to be Messi versus Ronaldo. We were going to have such Inter Ajax. Inter Ajax. My goodness! And then what happened? So what happened was that was <laughs> <laughs> happened. Some some external provider uh, didn't create put... CRYS. CRYS is the name of the software. <laughs> yeah, uh, failed to recognize that. Uh, Manchester United, Manchester United was not placed into the correct pot, and that Liverpool was incorrectly placed into some pot, uh, which uh, they, well, they were in the pot with Villarreal. Atletico's pot, and Athletic, United yeah. was put into Villarreal's pot, which they came from the same group, so they, so they couldn't have. They shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So those, Michael, the uh, the matchups that uh, you mentioned were invalidated, and they had to redo. Uh, the draw and Inter is now facing Liverpool on the 16th of February at home. I believe it's that. I think Inter was drawn first. So yeah, they they, yeah, they host they host in on the 16th of February. Yes, and then uh, Juventus play Virial on the 22nd of February. Yeah, away. Gonna, oh, wait, they play away. Yeah. Okay, so uh, they play away in the first leg. Um. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we said this a bunch of times last season. They said, especially in the Champions League, might as well play the best teams early on. Then if you get through, you got an easier path to the final. Yeah, I, I would just say it depends on your ability to uh, withstand, you know, injuries, etc. Because you know, if you're going to be in a crisis, then it's never going to be okay to play them. But again, if you are healthier early on and maybe that is the right path, right? Like try and face those teams right away. So I think inter, if they can pull it off, you know, stay healthy, 
They have a shot, Julian. It'll be, I mean, I think people are giving them, like, no chance. Even Inter fans that I was reading are like, oh, we're done. Play the B squad. Like, <laughs> fuck no. We've made it this far. We're a solid team. Yes, they don't have the depth that Liverpool has. That's what I was talking about earlier. But, I mean, hey, see what you got. Very least, it'll be interesting to see, like, how far off Inter are compared to a top European squad. Yeah. Also, they have no pressure on them now. Like, they literally went from, okay, they could, should beat Ajax, to now it's, well, Liverpool's going to win this group, so Inter don't need to do anything. Okay, well, it just reminded me of the last time Inzaghi was in the Champions League and his Lazio team drew Bayern Munich and they mm-hmm. got their ass, ass absolutely handed to them. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that this Inter squad is 100 times better than that Lazio squad that he had. And yeah, he managed and, thing... to, yeah, and he managed to score two goals against Bayern Munich, which ended up going to the final that season, right? think so, yes. That's yeah. the thing I was going to say. I was reading Twitter and all the Prem Twitter. It's like, oh, Inter's going to stick 10 guys behind the ball. And it's like, no. They're, they haven't done that yet this year. Even when they played Madrid, they're going out to play. Yeah, but when was the last time uh, the PL, uh, I'm going to use that abbreviation for <laughs> for reasons, uh, watched a Serie A game? I think the, sure. last, the last time they watched that was probably 2005, 2006. <laughs> But yeah, but that's why I mean, right? Like Inter has no pressure. All these guys think Liverpool is going to be walking the park, um, which, in my opinion, again works in Inter's favor. So, hey, nothing to lose. See what you can do. Yeah, Chris, what do you think? I, I think it'll be a good matchup. I, I agree with Julian. I, I don't see Inzaghi just sitting back, so that'll make for a good game. If they can minimize their mistakes. It should be uh, an interesting two two ties. Uh, okay, so moving on to the other Italian team in this draw, which was uh, Virial versus Juventus. Uh, what I find absolutely uh, sad as a Juventus fan is you had uh, Virial's official accounts uh, posting memes about avoiding Manchester City and celebrating the fact that they're playing Juventus. See? <laughs> I, I is there any other comments? I think because like I think that that's that enough said, right? Like yeah, enough, enough said, said. But I think it's yeah, like that's the state. Like it's not wrong. Yeah. So I mean, now who's laughing about the fact that they want a super league? No one is even talking about that. You have uh, Florentino Perez threatening to sue UEFA because of the invalidated draw. I mean, the guy's more litigious than a certain uh, uh, editor of a Roma news uh, uh, webpage, you know, about uh, about uh, flying off to be essere denunciato, you know. Uh, so, again, it, it's, it's funny the fact that all the so-called Super League teams are, aren't so super. Michael, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I, 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 it's again. If this was uh, with the midfield of Pogba, Marquisio, Vidal, uh, and who's the other one? Uh, Pirlo. There you go. 
uh, this would be a different situation. I remember uh, we tweeted out, Michael, a comparison of the... Yeah, the uh, 2015 squad. 2015 squad to whatever shit lineup they put it out against uh, <laughs> against Ven- uh, Venezia, you know, or uh, or Salernitana, where, where the hell Whoever it was. was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a, it's a sad state of affairs, and, and, and the fact that we reached the... Like, we, we, we are in the Banta era. You know how Inter was in the Banta era for 10 years? This is the Banta era when you have a second-tier Spanish team making fun of the fact that they uh, escaped Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's uh, let's not forget they won the Europa League last year. The Real, yeah, yeah they beat yeah. United. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I I said I was thinking that they were going to pick uh, uh, Salzburg and get and get knocked out, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not holding my breath for for passing into uh, for, into the next round. It would just be again. It would just be very very funny if this was the season. Just somehow miraculously something happens. And you meant is. I was going to say there something funny happens here. I, I don't want to say it because making Champions League next year is probably to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is probably to win a hundred percent. That's that is not wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. That's, that's literally the best, the best way to qualify for next season. <laughs> and we'll see. They might be even excluded because of the fact that they tried to evade FFP. But anyway. <laughs> so... Two... <laughs> Chris, your thoughts? You are a very anti-Ventus fan? No. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, I mean, I can see them getting through this round, and then after that, it's I, I'd bet my mortgage that they're not making it past the, the next round after that, because then they're they're guaranteed going to play a top, top side. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't put it past them getting, um, getting through to the quarterfinals, and then the, the train stops there. So I hate to break it to you. Okay, uh, just a quick comment before we move on to the Europa League. Uh, do you guys think that they should get rid of the restrictions when it comes to the round of 16 draws? With regards to not drawing somebody in your group? Yeah, not drawing your well, country. Or your country, exactly. Those are the biggest no, uh, restrictions. I don't think so. I think it, I mean, especially with Serie A, it helps the coefficient of anything. But mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think. You need to get rid of those. Uh, definitely, you would not want to draw somebody from the group you just came out of. And then I can see why they don't want teams playing another club from their own country right away. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, moving on to the Europa League draw. So it actually provided some great um, matchups. Uh, biggest, biggest one on the card is Barcelona versus Napoli. After that, it's Atlanta versus Olympiacos, and then Porto versus Lazio. Poor Napoli, uh, man, they've had a rough. Game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get Barcelona. And, and there's a there's a great video of the certain editor from a Roman news page uh, saying that um, uh, Napoli will win the will win the title, and then showing all the results in the last three weeks. <laughs> losing, and then and then they throw Barcelona and they roughly drop. Oh, it's been a rough go for them. Uh, so yeah, it, it's um, but when you think about it, wouldn't this be the best time to play Barcelona? Yes, yeah. definitely. So 
yeah, it's a it's a tough draw. It, it probably could not have gotten any worse. But we're we're not talking about the Barcelona just from two years ago. So, I I I think it's it's plausible that they could win. It's I mean it's not far fetched. That's what I'm. That's what I mean. Uh, I mean if they get some of the players back by February. That's what I was gonna say. If they can get Osman back and Koulibaly back healthy, then. It definitely looks a lot better. Yeah, I think it's a 50-50 matchup in my opinion. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, health, and then I think depending, too, where they're at in the potential Scudetto race, I think if they're right up there, Spalletti will have to consider rotating the squad a little bit. Again, you can't play your best 11, 12 guys on the weekend and again midweek, so I think that will determine how strong of a lineup he can put out against Barcelona in both legs. So, um, I find that the Atalanta draw against Olympiacos was probably the most favorable out of the three. Uh, now that they're not in the Champions League, how how does Atalanta approach this tournament? Uh, I mean, I, Gasparini's been playing the same way for the past, what, three to four years now, right? We You kind of know what to expect, so I would expect the same, you know, 3-4, 2-1. They're going to press high. They're probably going to score a lot of goals, or at the very least, it'll be an entertaining match. So I would expect that, nothing less at this point. So on paper, they should go through? Uh, yes, I, I would say that, yes. Okay. Uh, and then finally, uh, Porto versus Lazio. I think this is the most trickiest one of the three. Uh, I, I said, The reason why I say this is because of Lazio's form and the fact that a certain Porto uh, scored or beat out uh, Juventus last season. Um, I'll, I'll just go quickly. I think similar to Napoli, Lazio needs to be healthy. They need their best 12, 13 guys to be available if they're going to have a chance. Porto were very organized in the two games against Milan anyway. So if they're if they're healthy, I think they have a chance. Uh, Michael, your thought on the Europa League draw? Yeah, I, I think... You guys kind of nailed it. Like that's so unfortunate for Napoli. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, typical luck, I guess, for them. And uh, I think Atlanta Olympiacos is going to be, uh, again, I think easy enough for them. But it's, uh, I mean, they. I think this is this is a competition that they should focus on and they should try and win. I think it, it's you know it sucks to not be in uh, Champions League. I get that, but. You know, if you can go out there and win Europa League, like that's it goes a long way to kind of solidifying their stature of you know building a a truly, um, I guess, uh, relevant European team. Uh, and I can stop laughing at them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get to your uh, your thoughts, Julian, uh, to your point, Michael, you know, if so, so one of Barcelona or Napoli will be knocked out this round. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, wouldn't you agree that Atalanta played the most expansive uh, type of uh, football? Uh, I mean, outside of that, uh, there's still Dortmund, which I think is you know anyone who has Holland is going to be a um, is going to be a tough get for sure. But I think you're right. Like the outside of you know the whole team and, and kind of entire what the offering is, yeah, I'd say Atlanta would be kind of... I, I would even put Atlanta over Barcelona this season. Mm. Julian? Um, 
Yeah, I think Dortmund's a good show, but I think, I mean, Atlanta, like I said, they need to win something, right? Year after year, we always hear about, yeah. oh, how Atlanta play. That's that's it. They play such great football, and that's great, but they still don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. So I think they need to win something, and I think they, honestly, I think they are capable of winning the Europa League. Yeah. All right, Michael, that wraps up uh, our Europe uh, club competition draws. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, pass it over to you. Yeah, well, that that was Europa. Did we get through? No, there's no conference because uh, Roma finished top of the group, so there is no draw for for right. Italian team in and the conference league. There is an issue though as well. Didn't Tottenham not play their game or something because it's like it was canceled because of COVID? I think right. So it's yeah, Tottenham and I think it's Rennes. Yeah. yeah, and the last I heard. And jump in if, if you've heard something else, guys. Mm-hmm. But so the game, they don't have time to play the game because the groups have already been determined or the next, not the groups, the next matchups have already been determined, right? And so a panel, I don't know who's on this panel, <laughs> but a panel is going to determine who goes through. I, now, I, I don't know what the criteria is. Um, and again, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope what I read was just... Uh, an idea somebody threw out there, but that's what I heard. Great so, competition on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brendan Rogers doesn't know what's happening, and there's dogs shitting on the field. Right now, so <laughs> it all makes sense. Oh my god, I love this competition. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm on just the site that shows me kind of the matchup. So it's either it looks like to face Vienna. It's either going to be Tottenham or Vitesse. So is that the idea? Is that they're just going to decide which one of those teams? Uh, yeah. So it comes down to like if if the panel determines that Tottenham were to beat Ren, then I guess um, Tottenham go through. And if the panel determined that Ren would have won, then I guess Vitesse goes through. I, I think that's how it works. So. Vitesse is waiting for this but panel how, to determine. So the they're fate. just playing FIFA, is what you're exactly. <laughs> they're gonna. That, yeah. That's what I don't. I. I. Yeah. I wish I had more to, to give you, but it's yeah, it's a crapshoot. Wait, but has Tottenham been cleared to play their games though? I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, because there's issues obviously with Premier League right now, right? So yeah, and the whole league. Yeah. I mean, I would just. Yeah, I mean, they should they should crash out. I think that's on them if they, if they were the reason that it was canceled as well that's their fault yeah i guess so but like uh, you can't you can't allow a a team to go through arbitrarily it's it's, it's it goes contrary to the spirit of the game in my opinion i think the the game should be okay, decided on but, the field and but the way it. that it stands is one Ren, two Vitesse, three Tottenham, and then four Mura. So there's already three points out. They had to win this game to even, to have a chance, obviously, to tie it, right? So they both have the same goal differential, but I guess that would they have had the head-to-head? Is that maybe what would it? Uh, yeah, they won against Vitesse three-two, um, and then Vitesse won one nothing hosting. So. I don't know. It'll come down a goal difference because... I guess so, yeah. So it just depends on how well they would have done it. In any case, I think that it should just be given to Vitesse. But this is a this should be for our Premier League 
podcast. We'll get into it then. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's an Italian manager, so it, it kind of bleeds <laughs> yeah, through. Right. Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, as someone who despises the PL League, uh, you know, I, I, I would, uh, I, I wouldn't be sad if league gets canceled for obvious reasons. Yeah, you just laugh. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. So uh, that's the European Roundup then. So that's that. That's uh, an exciting um, February to come, February March. Uh, now on to uh, America's favorite segment. Is that true, guys? Is that where we're going? Canada's sure. favorite segment. Yeah. No, America. North America. America. North America. America's favorite segment. Yeah. Who am I? I don't know. All right. So last week, the uh, hints led to Philip Drucic from Sassuolo and um, our Twitter follower, our listener who got the uh, who got it correct was Matt. And so Matt's question for us this week, he says, hey, guys, I'd like to know if you see Samp and Genoa turning it around or if one or both are going to go down. Uh, so just before one of you jump in, just for context quickly here. So again, we're we're 17 games into the season. Sampdoria currently sit at um, 14th position uh, and Genoa are in 18th position with 10 points. So Sampdoria, 18 points. They're in 14th place. Genoa, 10 points in 18th place. And then um, to round out the bottom there, as Mike mentioned at the top of the show, Cagliari also on 10 points in 19th, Salernitana. Uh, and last with eight. So who wants to jump in first? Who sees? Uh, yeah, Paul, go ahead. Wait, hold on. So before uh, we discuss, uh, Matt wanted us to dedicate his uh, win to Maurizio and Simone Gantz. He said, I'm not sure why, but it doesn't matter. So I, I just wanted to, <laughs> so I just wanted to fulfill job. his request. Great job. Uh, I think I, I want to go first, and I want to just go say ahead. that I think it's obviously a slam dunk for me. Uh, I mean, just depending what how Spezia can do, but I feel like Genoa are definitely going to be, they, they are like, I'm looking at them saying 80% that they're going down. Um, Samp, I think they have enough clearance. I don't know that. uh, Yeah. I think they can, they could probably maintain, you know, they're what eight points back right now, or eight points ahead rather. Yep. I think that's again, just be given the quality of those, teams underneath i think they can pull through so i i don't see them going down so sam staying up genoa most sam staying up. up yeah i think genoa down okay julian then paulo um i agree with michael i think genoa if they want to stay up they're gonna need some serious serious help in the january window um sam however i think will be fine but yeah like i look at the teams around them and i Especially how they're playing, right? Like, they already brought in Shevchenko to try and change things up, and he's clearly not working so far. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I see Genoa surviving this year. All right, two for two, Genoa's going down. Paulo? Yeah, so, uh, first off, quick question about, uh, from Matt, because, uh, you know, Gen- there's a derby that'll untear now on Friday, so mm-hmm. it's perfect timing. Um just put it this way. Uh, it was an absolute domination from Sampdor in that game. Genoa had nothing going forward. Kandreva uh, 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 played like he uh, like he was still playing at Lazio. Um, Not an he, inter? 
No, no. He, he actually had his most prolific goal-scoring season at Lazio, I believe it was. And uh, to me, uh, Sampdoria were, were more motivated uh, to win that game. And, and it showed, and and, it, and I guess it, it, it's credit to the now-incarcerated Massimo Ferrero uh, to keep uh, Roberto uh, Diversa uh, at the helm. And I think they'll they'll survive uh, the season, and and it's also very poor. Uh, we're talking about owners and very poor uh, management skills from the new American owners. I think they still haven't learned from previous American owners that came in, uh, i.e. Parma, uh, and sacked the sacked the same Roberto Diversa, and brought in managers who had no business. Uh, managing a squad in Syria. Uh, I thought Ballardini was out of the relegation zone. Uh, weren't playing horribly wrong. Ballardini was able to get Destro firing and actually uh, picked up a point against a very decent team. I can't remember who they played, but I remember it was a draw. Sackham, the manager that came in to replace him, has lost every single game. Sorry, sorry, my bad. Has picked up one point. It was a 0-0 draw. Scored one goal and has and got embarrassed by their fierce, their most fiercest rival. So, sum that all up. Right now, the American owners, the new American owners are making a mockery uh to the fans so far. Well, so when they it was like right before the season started or mid like the season already started when they officially bought them. Yeah. But the, the, the takeover didn't happen until, uh, until, until afterwards. Yes. So to Julian's point, I think again, they're going to need a lot of help in the January market. And this is where you would think, you know, uh, American owners coming in, hopefully with a lot of money can come in and, and really affect their chances here. Cause there's obviously, I mean, <laughs> it's not like, the difference in you know the Premier League, um, but there's more money to be had in City A than there is in City B. So you would think that they would be able to kind of put that um, that into effect in terms of like, oh yeah, we need to make sure that we're not in 18th position come three months from now. I mean. It's possible. Like, look at the teams in front of them. Spezia with Diego. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, they're probably more likely to go down, but you never know what with, with, with Spezia and, and Tiago Mota. They can pull out his his seven or two, seven, two formation, whatever the hell he plays. Remember when uh, he got hurt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You purposely brought uh, brought that up so I can go off on a tangent. Anyway, it won't work. Um, so yeah, you never know what is two seven two formation could could pull out of a, a hat and and pick up a a draw here and there or a, a clutch win. But the I, I I for me, Thiago Mota, you know, pulling a miracle is more, like looking more likely than Chevchenko scoring a second goal. Well, he can't score. Well, he can't score, but his team, sorry, his team scoring a second goal because he's not starting Destro. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's just me. Yeah, and again, I think we – Chris, what do you think? Are we uh, 
Yeah, I I definitely agree. I don't see Samp going down. I just think there's enough talent there. I think the Versa has got things going in a decent enough direction that they'll be fine. Probably finish right around where they are right now, which is 14th. For Genoa, I, I think the, the main competition, so to speak, for that 18th spot will be Spezia, which you guys just kind of touched on. I'm just still not convinced by Thiago Mota and the current Spezia team. Obviously, it's a different conversation if uh, Vincenzo Italiano is still there, but new management, new style of play to a certain extent. So, yeah, I'm not convinced of Spezia yet, so I can see Spezia climbing down. But uh, I'm also, uh, obviously, Paulo mentioned the stats there with Genoa, and since Shevchenko excuse me, has been there, it's not good. So, uh, for me, it's going to be a Genoa-Spezia race for that last uh, relegation spot. Yeah, and, you know, it's not like it's it's not like it's a lot of points. It's literally two points here at this point. Right. So with yeah, a win, lots Genoa, of time. Yeah. And general pulls himself out of that. Right. And Spezia might fall into that position. So it's, yeah, like you said, it's lots of time. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I would have sacked Shashenko after that derby because they didn't look like they were in the game at all. Like at all. Like I watched, I watched the whole game and it was, it was pretty pathetic to watch. That's just me. What happened uh, to Pandev? Is he still there? Yeah, he's still there. He's still there. He's also like 38 now. <laughs> yeah, 39, I think. <laughs> yeah, but he, he started the game, and, and he announced, Shoshenko announced after the Malayan game that Pandev would start uh, would start in the derby. But again. Yeah, 38, yeah. He's uh, got zero goals this season. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. He's 38, I mean. It's... But, that, but that's my whole point. I'm like, well, you had Destro firing on all cylinders before Shoshenko took over, and, and he scored. Uh, the first goal for Shashenko. I mean, I think, I think now you your your fortunes are tied to Matteo Destro, whether that's good or bad. But that's the situation that he's in. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed the discussion. So thank you, Matt, for, for yes. the question. Quite. Yeah. So with that, uh, we'll wrap up uh, that discussion, and then we'll move on to this week's hints. Uh, are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Yes, sir. I have my five-minute timer ready to go. I will start it uh, once we've run through all of the hints here. So hint number one. This player would be considered an Oriundi if selected for the Italian national team. Hint number two. He has been managed by uh, Eusebio Di Francesco, Fabio Grosso, and Pippo Enzaghi. Pretty good list. And then hint number three, he has won the Coppa Italia. So I'll go back to the start. Hint number one, this player would be considered an Oriundi if selected for the Italian national team. Hint number two, he has been managed by Eusebio Di Francesco, Fabio Grosso, and Pippo Anzaghi. And hint number three, he has won the Coppa Italia. Are you, able, are you able to tell us, Fabio Grosso, like in a... Uh, like Serie B in Primavera, like what are you like? Are you able to tell uh, us I that? I can't answer that. I see. Okay, so let, let's just talk it out. So the Oriundis that were under discussion so far were Yel Pedro, Ibanez, Luis Felipe. I don't think it's any of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think so either. I think Luis Felipe did win a Copa Italia with Lazio. He did, but he's only played with Lazio, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So those coaches 
got me thinking either one of Milan or Roma, but I don't know if Roma's won a Coppa Italia recently. But where did? Yeah, I was thinking people and. Uh, but where did Grosso Zebio. manage? Okay, so Grosso has managed the Juventus Primavera team. Yeah, and Pescara. No, I don't off think the, he's off the top of my head. I don't think he's Coach Pescara. Yes, he has. I, sure I, he has actually, I am yeah. I'm positive. I think in City B he has. Yeah, I'm positive. So, I think either we go for the bonus hint or we think of another question to ask. Three and a half minutes. I say bonus hint because I can't think of a question other than what position. Sure. Bonus hint. Bonus hint. Bonus so, hint? Yeah. yeah. All right. Bonus hint. Reminder. Sometimes maybe good. Oh, no. Sometimes <laughs> maybe shit. Oh, so, so it's no. a shit one. He has only played with two teams in Serie A, and he's been with the same club from 2018 until now. So it's Luis Felipe. Three what minutes. What other team has he played for? That's I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't Pretty think head. he has, because he's young. Again, I'll go through the quicks, the hints again quickly. If yeah. he, if, uh, if he would, he would be considered an Oriundi if selected for the Italian national team. He has been managed by Eusebio Di Francesco, Fabio Grosso, and Pippo Inzaghi. He has won the Coppa Italia and your bonus hint, which we just went over. He has only played with two teams in Serie A, and he's been with the same club from 2018 to now. Paul, who's won Coppa Italia in the last five years? Uh, Juventus a bunch of times. Mm. Lats- Lazio I think twice, Nap- maybe. Lazio, Napoli. I think it's three times. They won three times because they won last year. And other than that, it's Lazio, Napoli. Two minutes. I just... Where would he have been coached by Grosso? That's what's that's what's getting me. Who Who and where? Uh, okay, what are the two teams that he played in Syria? You can't get can answer, no, can, answer, no, can. answer that. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's worth a game shot. Kind of game you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a shot. Um, okay, what position? We he already gave us the bonus set. I'll tell you, he's not a striker. Okay. That's all I will tell you. Like, like not, like oh. he's a midfielder or defender. You mean? He's not a striker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if we can't think of anything else, I would I would offer up Luis Felipe. It's not Luis Felipe. He's only played for Lazio, and he's never been coached by any of those coaches. That's like follow, <laughs> but I don't really understand. Um. Okay. What other? I can confirm it's not Luis Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fifty seconds. Oh, oh fuck. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Lapadula. 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 That's not a bad one. But he's not a is striker, he, though. Is he in City Yeah, no, it's not Lapadula. He's in City now. No, he's not. He was Italian to begin with, anyways. Um, yeah, but he plays for Peru. He's been on the same team since 2018 as well. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. 20 seconds. Has Joe Pedro won uh, Copa Italia? 
No. He's been at Calgary for like 20 years. <laughs> oh, no. 10 seconds. Oh, God. No, I have no idea. What's the dart throw? Just throw, throw a name at the board. Luis Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to make that next week's Who Am I? <laughs> and time. Oh, no. Julian, do you have any? No, like I'm going through. I'm trying to think of who EDF coach. And there's Roma, there's Sassuolo, and there's Cali. Guy, Sampdoria. Oh, fuck. He said Samp. And Hellas Verona. Jesus, he had a lot of teams. Um, the key for me is is Grosso. We find out where he was coached by Grosso, and I think we have a yeah. better understanding. Where? Or I. Can you tell us we, what team? Could, he, yes, you, you will concede that I won this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, he, he won. He won. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so he was coached by Grosso at um, Juventus. So uh, the Primavera. Primavera, yeah. So who would be a Primavera player for Juve? Like years ago, though. It would have been like five years ago now. Yes. He was also on loan at Venezia in City B. He's been on the same team since 2018? Yep. Like, is he on Juve? Oh, so okay. I'm loaned to Venezia's people in Zaghi. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I, I'm still stumped. The answer is. the Who would he play for? He would have won a Copatale with Juve. Born in Indonesia. Nangolan? Aldero. Oh, shit. Goalkeeper, Sampdoria. Huh. See? Okay, so there, there's the EDF part. Yes. Yeah. EDF from Samp, Grosso from Juve Primavera, Inzaghi, Venezia, wow. City B, Oriundi, of course, if he was selected. Yeah, because he didn't he, he's, he But was, he's, he's born in Indonesia. Uh, yeah, but so. I think he, he also played for U21s, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was Italian. Yeah, I protested. Well, he. Italian. I mean, he is like he's eligible, but like. Did he play U twenty ones? Yeah. For Italy. Yeah. Yes. Send a protest, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gonna. You're Chris. You're gonna be denunciato soon. Can't. <laughs> From his uh, his My lawyers. Post? Barbara Durunk. <laughs> I'm gonna get her Le Maire on on the case. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! We... <laughs> Paul uh... took that day. <laughs> the French authorities. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, wow, we are uh, we are just on a roll of of. Just Lost. shittiness. Yeah. Just I think Chris lost. got annoyed and started making them extra hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going 
On Darrow, what a fucking pull. <laughs> I mean, he's a f- former Rubentus player, so I figured I'd throw you guys a little ball in there. Yeah. And yeah. he plays. Like, he's, he's a starter, yeah. so it's not yeah. like... I've just never done a goalkeeper, so that's probably why, yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So, right. Okay, well done, Chris. He stumped us uh, what, for hey. two straight weeks, I think. Three, I think, now. No? Three? Uh, two for sure, yeah. I don't know if it's three. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because I think we came back doing it last... Was it? Yeah, we took remember. a bit of a break. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, Paulo said he be minute, maybe? Uh, actually, no. We got um, Copa Italia this week. Copa Italia. My, my, fa- my favorite round, to be honest with you. Uh, it's the uh, second. The mix. Yeah. So, the round of 32. We'll call it the round of 32. Uh, so, we got three games on Tuesday. Venezia, Tirana. Uh, at 9 a.m., of course, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the winner of that game plays Atalanta in the round of 16. At noon Tuesday, it's Undenese Crotone. At th- on 3 p.m. Tuesday, it's Genoa Salernitana. Uh, so, my bad. Uh, so, Undenese, the winner of Undenese Crotone plays Lazio. And then the winner of Genoa Salernitana plays Milan. Uh, on Wednesday, we got... At 9 o'clock a.m., it's Verona Empoli. The winner of that game plays Inter. Noon oh, Wednesday. Milan gets Genoa's player. So, noon on Wednesday, it's Cagliari Cittadella. The winner of that game plays Sassuolo. Uh, 3 p.m. Wednesday, it's Fiorentina Benevento. The winner of that game plays Napoli. Thursday, noon. Spezia Lecce, the winner of that game, plays Roma. And then uh, 3 p.m. Thursday, Sampdoria Torino. And the winner of that game plays Juventus. So, Julian, I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> there could be a Derby della Mole in the round of 16. So, we'll, uh, yeah. So, there you go. So, that's uh, Copa Italia this week. My favorite round, the round of 32, when there's still some Serie B teams left in the competition. Michael. See uh, okay, well then, uh, again, yeah, there's no City B Minute then? Uh, no, there is. Uh, before I move on, the round of 16 games are scheduled scheduled for now to be played on the week of January 12th, which is January 12th, the same day as the Coppa Italia Italiana between Juventus and Inter, which I believe um, is supposed to be played at the San Siro for some, for some damn reason, even though Inter is that's Inter's home stadium. See? Yeah, <laughs> easily could have played. Easily could have played at the Stadio Olimpico, but you know, and easily could. Yeah, easily could have played, <laughs> played in Qatar. Yeah, <laughs> or Abu Dhabi. What did they say? Did no, they it say? was Riyadh. Riyadh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. supposed to be played in, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Serie B minutes. Uh, four important results. Uh, Monza beat Frozenone at three two. So I read somewhere that Monza was un- is undefeated in eleven games, eleven straight games. So uh, they're back uh, in the top uh, in the playoff race. Parma tied Perugia one one. Uh, Pisa continued their uh, successive uh, positive results by beating Lecce at one nothing. Spal loses Giuseppe Rossi. Spal loses two nothing at home to Brescia. So the uh, truncated table is as follows. Pisa with 35 points. 
Brescia with 33 points, Lecce 31 points, Benevento 31, Monza 31, Cremonese 29, Cittadella 28, Brugia 26. Down in 16th place, it's Alessandria with 17 points, Cosenza 16 points, Crotone 8, 8 points, Portanone 8 points, Vincenza 7 points. So uh, three important games in uh, round 18. Benevento Monza, Benevento, excuse me, Benevento Monza, Brescia Cittadella, and Ascoli Cremonese, and of course our uh, weekly Pescara Calcio update: uh, Pescara won two nothing versus Pistoiese, which is two straight wins for uh, Pescara, uh, still fourteen points back of first place, and they still sit in sixth place in Lega Pro Group B. Michael, there you have it. Okay, well, uh, I guess with that, that's really everything. Um, we've got uh, we're, we're coming up on, I guess, uh, the end of, of that big gauntlet that we were speaking about a couple of weeks ago already, right? So it's uh, it's going to calm down, obviously, in the next couple of weeks. We've got some, um, like you said, some Coppa Italia, but then uh, next week, is there midweek next week? I don't think so. Is there? I'll take a look. Yeah, I think, yeah, let me just check, 22nd, for example. Oh, yeah, there is midweek. Okay, so there's midweek next week as well. Good. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't play on, because, yeah, because next week. The following Christmas. week, yeah, the following yeah. week, they're going to be off. Like, mid, they won't be midweek, exactly. And Christmas, yeah. they um, they don't play. They don't play, so that's why they play midweek. Yeah. And then they don't come back until a full slate of games on the 6th of January. Right, right. Which is a holiday in Italy. Yeah, that's going to be uh, everyone. Yeah, all of them play on yeah, the 6th. So, so I think there's going to be midweek, the following week. So the week of, like I said, January 12th, because they have to play the Copa, uh, the Super Copa and then the round of 16 for uh, Copa Italia. Right. So there's still going to be so what I think two more midweek rounds in the next month. There you go, excellent. Okay, well, uh, again, then with that, that's uh, that's it. That's the show. Good job, everybody. Yeah, yeah. All right, we covered a lot. To, uh, this yeah, hey, we you know it didn't take two hours like last time. So, <laughs> um, okay, do we have anything else to add, uh, Chris? Ooh, uh, no, no. Still waiting for uh, Joao Pedro to be confirmed by Robbie Mancho for the next squad. But That's right. I'll be patient. Yeah. And uh, Audero. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, Paulo? Uh, come back to me last. Uh, Julian? Port to enter, top of the table. Nice. It's been a good week. Will they be winter, or I guess winter champions? Uh, they'll, they'll might I guess it's two games. We'll find out. But they should will... be one of them is against Salernitana, so okay, they really should be. Will they at this point? Maybe we'll do a show about this. But do you think that they're going to win? Um, I don't want to jinx anything now, but um, but barring any injuries, and if they're able to maintain their run of play, yeah, I think they're the strongest yeah. side in Italy. One loss in 17 games. Yeah. So far. Uh, okay, Paul. Okay, so as uh, Julian mentioned, uh, so that Salernitana game is on Saturday coming up, so the 17th of December at 2.45 Eastern Standard Time. 
so just going through uh, important games. 17th is Friday. Friday. It's a Friday? Yeah. yeah, they play on Friday. Oh, that was a Saturday. Okay, so Friday, my mistake, Friday. Uh, and then uh, on the Saturday then, the 18th is Atalanta-Roma. Big game at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course. And then to round out the weekend on the Sunday, AC Milan-Napoli at 2.45. Great game. Yeah. All right. So there you go. So that, that's what we missed, uh, Michael. Yeah, and again, next week we'll have uh, midweek. Yes. So not this week, though. Just yeah, Copa. This, oh, I guess Copa. Copa. Yeah, Copa. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll come Copa. Yeah. So our, our post-Christmas uh, review will be uh, two games. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, okay, well, that's it then. Uh, again, don't uh, forget to follow us on our social channels. So at RTW Calcio, um, that is where you can find us on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, and uh, Paula, what's our email? People can send us emails if they want. What is it? Uh, rate this way at gmail.com. <laughs> yes. So if you want to send Paula an email, rate, R-E-T, this way at gmail.com let's see if we get any emails that'd be fun <laughs> read some letters from the listeners <laughs> op-eds yeah okay great uh okay again thanks for listening everybody and uh we will see you in a week's time all right ciao thank you bye